Well, hello, everybody. It is November 10th, Tuesday. Once again, it's time for our weekly update. I'm Pastor Brian, senior pastor here at Burntwoods Church. And um, wow, what a week. There's a lot going on this week, a lot for me to talk about. Maybe not the things you'd want me to talk about, there, but there's some important things to talk about. First things first, I survived my camping trip with my brother. It was great to get away. That was such a fun time. We went away last week, and I mentioned on the podcast that we were heading out to do some camping up in Western Maryland. We had a great time. It was warm during the day. Still got cold at night. Uh, we were able to listen to the coyotes at night all around us, which has become a really cool thing out in Western Maryland. If you haven't been out there uh, camping ever or lately, there's a lot more coyotes than there ever have been. And so we were able to hear them at night and just sort of enjoy the uh, this, the state forest during the day, and it was a good time just getting away. And uh, I'm back now, and you know we're a week after the election. Things are still sort of heated out there, I guess to say the least. And uh, we're still dealing with some uncertainty, I think, about the Senate um, and uh, lots of other things. I mean, for goodness' sake. But I, I'm not going to try to get into that because, quite honestly, I am uninformed. And you might think that that's not the most responsible thing for me, but I think it's the best thing for me. And uh, sometimes I have to separate myself, especially as a pastor. I have to separate myself from things that are going on in our culture that are divisive, things that can cause division within the church or with um, even with other Christians or other people who are not part of our church. I try to stay in a place where if I'm going to offend somebody, I want to offend them with the gospel and not my politics or political views or other things. So I'm going to try to just stick to the Bible. And also, you know, it's been good for me personally to be unplugged. Last week I said on the podcast that I was not going to watch any election coverage, and we stuck to that. We did not turn it on. We didn't listen to anything for the whole week last week. We didn't know anything. We didn't know who was elected or who was the victor. We didn't know what the race was looking like. And let me tell you, it was wonderful. When I went camping, I even forgot about the election completely. It just wasn't on my mind. So let me suggest to you that if you're struggling with this, you're discouraged, turn it off for 48 hours. Just get away from it. Give yourself some time to think clearly and stop focusing so much on all this political upheaval in our culture and the things that are going on around us, I guarantee you it will it will do you some good to just turn it off for about 48 hours and take a break. It'll be there when you get back. I promise you the news cycle will be there. The moment you turn it on, you'll have all that you can handle. So just turn it off for a little while and take a little break from the election. You know, there's something else that's on my mind today that I, I feel like, you know, in keeping with the weekly update theme, you know, this is usually a weekly update or began as a weekly update during coronavirus. I feel like I'm going back in time a little bit today because today for me, coronavirus is back on top of the headlines for me. I mean, the COVID-19 is back on top and I'll tell you why. Um, there is a press conference today at 5 o'clock, and I've been sort of watching. Um, I wouldn't say I've been watching closely, but I've been trying to pay attention to what's going on, and I've noticed that the cases in Maryland have been going back up, and we've seen an 
a rise in cases and positivity rate and hospitalizations. So I kind of felt like, you know, we're probably heading into a a place where the government's going to begin to take action again. So Governor Hogan is holding a press conference today at 5 o'clock, and I have no idea what he's going to say. I know he's seemed to be coming or be seemed to have been becoming uh, more and more concerned. And if you witness some of the press conference from last week, he even made some pretty strong statements in that press conference. But I don't know what he's going to say today. I just imagine that it's probably going to be about, I think what's going to happen today is he's either going to warn us that restrictions are coming if there's not a change in a week or so, or we're going to see some restrictions today. And I think, uh, and they won't take place today. They'll probably take place at the end of the week. But I also think that uh, for those of us who live in Howard County, uh, we are on the verge of probably seeing our our county executive, Calvin Ball, take some measures to put some restrictions in place in Howard County. And I'm saying that because there was a group of executives, county executives in Maryland from Central Maryland who sent a letter to Governor Hogan this weekend, and they basically are calling on him to impose restrictions to, to um, sort of take us backward down the path of recovery and and you know we're in this phase three I guess right now um, and they're saying that we need to back up a little bit and impose some further restrictions and so there was something interesting to me that stuck out about the letter that these county executives sent to the governor uh, and let me read it for you because I think this is a telling statement uh, they're asking Governor Hogan to uh, to increase restrictions set the set the clock back a bit on our recovery timetable, set some things back in place. And they said this in in their uh, sort of closing arguments, I guess. They said, our local businesses, this is a quote from their letter, our local businesses have demonstrated an extraordinary ability to protect customers and employees while staying open. But, and this is the big thing for me, when I read this, I thought, uh uh-oh, you know, we may be in for something here. So they say our local businesses have demonstrated an extraordinary ability to protect customers and employees while staying open, but we must act to reduce the activities that are spreading this virus. And when I read that sentence, I thought to myself, what activities are going to be included in the list of activities they believe are responsible for spreading the virus? And if you haven't been following along closely, you should know that there are, there are a few activities that have been seen as far more dangerous than any other activities. One of the things that that no doubt has been pretty uniformly identified as something that's a at risk um, activity is going to a bar, a bar or restaurant. So they're suggesting things like um, restricting alcohol sales after ten o'clock, getting people to go home, different things like that, putting restrictions in place on bars and social gatherings like that. But another big one that really has been a sticking point uh, when it comes to COVID-19 and the spread of COVID-19, something that has been seen as more dangerous than other activities has been gathering for worship. Churches have been viewed as a really high-risk activity. Gathering or going to church is a high-risk activity. And so, 
My guess, based on their language, when they say we must act to reduce the activities that are spreading the virus, I'm going to believe my guess, my, I think, educated guess, is that churches will soon face restrictions on gathering again. I think that's coming. I don't know um, if it'll actually have an effect on us because depending on the language, you know, if it's 50% of capacity or something like that, you know, we can still meet. It's not that big of a deal. Um, But if they, for instance, were to restrict gatherings, which I could totally see Calvin Ball deciding that in Howard County we're going to restrict all gatherings to 50 or less or something like that. If we were to see a restriction like that go back into effect, that would immediately impact our churches. And I think we're going to see some restrictions coming again. I hope we don't. I mean, I'm I'm really hopeful that we don't, but I think that's what's coming. And so the question for me I've been thinking about and even today trying to pray for wisdom about is uh, what will we do if we're told we cannot gather again? Or what will, what will we do if the restrictions make it um, make it impossible for us to fully gather again. You know, we've seen over the last several months, we've seen our numbers sort of inch back upward to a more normal place. There was a time even when we were getting close to normal. We were back to about 75%. Uh, and then we had a couple, we did have a couple of folks in our church test positive for COVID. It was unrelated to church. They didn't catch it here, and they didn't spread it here. But I think that made some folks nervous, and and uh, so our numbers went back down a little bit for a few weeks. And then, well, not a little bit. They actually went down a lot. And then um, they've been creeping back up for the last few weeks. And so I think that we we might see some restrictions that will make it impossible for us to continue to gather and what will we do if we're told we cannot gather again? What will we do if we're told that, you know, we can't have 80 or 100 people here? We can only have 30 or 25 or 50. What will we do? And so I've been thinking about that a lot. And I want to share with you my initial thoughts. And I want to reserve the right right here. This is a, um, I'm, I'm offering a disclaimer on this, I'm adding an asterisk to this these statements, and I want you to know that uh, I reserve the right to change my mind on every single thing I'm about to say. Don't hold me to this. This is just how I'm feeling today and how I'm thinking I'm going to handle the situation when I ask myself, what will we do if we're told we cannot gather again? What will we do if that happens? Well, the first thing I want you to know is that we are going to stay open. Um I think that we're at a place culturally and, um, you know, just, I I don't know how to say this. I think it's important that we stay open. If the government tells us that we need to close the, the church, that churches can't gather for worship, I think there's something bigger now at stake, much bigger at stake than coronavirus or COVID-19 or whatever we're calling it. Because, you know, when we first initially shut down back in March and everybody, pretty much everybody shut down um, all across the country, almost all churches shut down and we we complied with the government. Um, we They asked us to close and we did. I, I still think that was the right thing to do because at the time we had limited information. We weren't being singled out. Churches weren't being 
asked to close while everything else was allowed to stay open. Everything was closed down. We were just part of that, and we were trying to love our neighbors and do the right thing, and so we shut down. But what we saw happening over the weeks and months after the shutdown all across the country as things began to reopen again is we we did begin to see churches singled out. Uh, we began to see restrictions where in certain states they were allowing businesses to open and they were putting less restrictions on retail businesses, for instance, than they were putting on our churches as far as how many people they would allow in the building. They were asking us to do things in our churches that they weren't asking people to do in casinos, for instance. They were allowing casinos to have less restrictions than churches. And so there was this uh, problem that what was happening is churches were beginning to see restrictions imposed on them by the government that weren't fair. A big thing was the protest that we saw over the summer where many government officials were attending these protests uh, over racial injustice and things like that. Many public officials were attending these protests, were encouraging these protests. These large gatherings, sometimes hundreds or even thousands of people were gathering together uh, to march together, and, and they were being encouraged to do this, while at the same time, these officials, many of them were telling our churches that we couldn't gather in groups of more than 50. Now, these are both uh, uh, First Amendment issues, and if it's going to be okay to gather for protest and the government's going to say that's okay, then it also has to be okay for us to gather together in our churches. And so what I'm saying is we're not in the same climate and environment that we were in in March where everybody was shut down equally. Now we're in a situation where we are seeing that churches have been singled out, and now we're we're talking about a religious liberty issue. This is a religious liberty issue in my view now, and so we need to stand firm and say that we're not going to allow the government to impose restrictions on worship anymore. We're going to impose restrictions on ourselves if we feel like it's necessary, but the government's not going to have the right to do that to us anymore. And so we're going to stay open. And there's an important lesson here for all of us about what a church is. You know, when we think about why would we stay open, uh, one is because, you know, or, or maybe that's not the right question. Why would we not allow the government to tell us that we can close? Or why does the government not have the right to close a church, for instance? Well, one is that a church is not a building. We all know that. Uh, the church, as we see it in our faith, we don't see the church as just a, a collection of building materials, a physical location, a building with a roof on it. You know, the church is not a building, and the uh, so the uh, the church is also not an event. So it's not a particular thing like a concert or some type of special social event where you're asking people to gather at a specific time or place. We don't see the church as just an event. What we understand the church as theologically, so what I'm getting at is biblically how we understand our faith. The church is not a building. The church is not an event. The church is a gathering of people. The church is a gathering of people who've confessed their faith in Jesus Christ. We are a group of people who gather together for worship. That's what the church is. And so in that sense, we say the government does not have a right to restrict us from practicing our religion, part of our religion is gathering together. So we will stay open. Um, 
you know, we we have some important legal precedent now. Throughout the past couple of months, there have been lawsuits and there have been different cases that have been litigated. We have John MacArthur's church in California, um, Grace Community Church, and they refused to shut down. Once again, after some time went on, they reopened their doors. They did initially close. Then they reopened their doors. The people began to gather again, and the city of Los Angeles, the county of Los Angeles, um, told them to shut down, and they refused. They said that to gather together as as a church is part of our expression of religion. If it's okay for the rioters to gather together, then it must also be okay for us to gather together. You can't separate the two into different categories and make it okay for one and not the other. And they've won that battle in court. It's They've been allowed to continue to gather together. Mark Dever's church, and just down the street from us, literally just down the road in Washington, D.C., Capitol Hill Baptist Church, also filed suit against the city uh, to make allowance for them to gather together, arguing the same thing, that if uh, people are allowed to gather together for other things protected under the First Amendment, then you can't restrict churches from gathering together under the First Amendment and our free uh, expression of religion, being able to follow uh, the guidelines of our faith. And they also won their case in court, and they are allowed to gather. So we're not going to close. We will stay open if we see restrictions put on us here in the next day or week or so. Uh, We're going to continue to stay open. But I do want to say that we will take precautions and we may even restrict some of what we're doing. And here's where I say, you know, especially where I want to say, don't hold me to what I'm about to tell you. <laughs> like, don't don't make this the the gospel truth and say that if I go back on it, you know, I've somehow been unfaithful to what I said before because I might change my mind. But I'm trying to work through for myself as your leader um, what is essential for us? Gosh, we've heard that so many times, haven't we? Over this in 2020, we talked about what is essential and what is not. But um, you know, I have to ask the question: What is essential to being a church? And what are we willing to stop for a season in order to exercise wisdom and love our neighbors well? Um, asking that question, and for me, I know there's a couple of things that are essential for us as a church. More, the primary thing that's essential for us as a church is to be able to gather for worship. We have to be able to gather for worship. We have to be able to do the things that we do during worship, uh, including hopefully soon resuming um, observing the Lord's Supper. That's been a challenge once we move back indoors, meeting together. We're trying to figure out how to do that in a way that makes everybody uh, feel safe and be able to participate in that so it's not a distraction. We don't want the Lord's Supper to be a distraction in the church. We want it to be an act of worship. And so um, so gathering together for worship and all the elements of our worship are things that are essential for us as a church. That Those are essential to us being a church. But there are other things that I probably would be willing to stop for a season. Like, for instance, if we see restrictions on churches in the coming days, I probably am going to once again stop our Wednesday night gatherings. You know, that's a high risk activity, I guess, in the climate that we're in, you know, serving food, eating together, spending a lot of time in close proximity to one another in the sanctuary. Um, We're probably going to suspend our Wednesday night activities if 
if there are additional restrictions put in place. Uh, children's ministry on Sunday mornings, children's church will probably go away again if there are restrictions, just for the act, for the sake of safety. But also, you know, we're having a larger discussion in the church right now uh, with some of the leadership. Uh, we're having a larger discussion right now about uh, how we're going to handle children's ministry in general. And so it's just a good time. If we have to take a pause from it, we'll take a pause and we'll return to family worship, which I think was actually a really healthy thing for us when we were doing that. And I think can be a really healthy thing for us as a church. So we might return to that even as early as this week, who knows, depending on what we hear today and then the, the, the rest of the week heading into Sunday. So uh, we're going to ask what things are essential and what things are we willing to stop. And we may impose some restrictions on ourselves in the way that we handle our gathering, but we're not going to stop gathering as a church. We're not going to do that. We're not shutting down again. We're not going exclusively online again. Uh, so I just want to be clear about that. I also want to say, you know, that this season of, of um, well, this year, just, I mean, this year and the, um, with everything that's gone on this year between the pandemic and the social unrest and the election, this has been a really difficult year to be a pastor. Uh, there have been so many people who have differing positions on different di- different things. There are people who have um, feel really strongly about things. There, are, it's just been a difficult season to navigate, having to make decisions that we're completely unprepared to make. Like, do I have to shut my church down or not, or do I have to ask people to wear masks or not? I mean, there's just a lot of stuff, and uh, and it also makes me remember that not only for me as a pastor, but also for all people who are in positions of authority. Uh, This has been a really difficult year. I can only imagine, you know, I have responsibility for this group of 130 or 40 people. And, you know, that's a pretty weighty responsibility to make sure that we move ahead correctly. But there are other leaders who have responsibilities over thousands and ten thousands and millions and ten millions. And, uh, wow, what a responsibility that they have placed on them. And so this is also a good time. And post-election, even though I know where there's still some election stuff going on, we're not really past the election, but this is a good time for us to remember Paul's word, uh, words to Timothy in, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, where he tells him this in verses 1, 2, and 3. Listen to what I'm about to read to you. This is so important for us and a great lesson for us, something to think about today, something you can put into action for me and something that I am also putting into action for other people um, who are in authority over me, who are leader, leaders of uh, government. Paul says to Timothy, first of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings, and all who are in high positions. So he that, that right there is the key. He says, pray. I mean, this is essentially what he's saying is, I'm urging you to pray. Pray for these people. Pray for all people and pray especially for kings and for anyone who's in a position of authority. Pray for those people who are in positions of authority that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. And then he says, this is good. And it's pleasing in the sight of God, our Savior. 
So pray for people who are in authority, who have to make decisions and who have to lead and who have to uh, lead through this tumultuous season that we all find ourselves in. So, you know, you could pray for me through this season and also pray for other leaders, pray for our county executive, pray for our governor, uh, pray for the leaders in Washington, whoever they end up being and whoever they are. Pray for the people, even the ones you disagree with. Offer up prayers for all people so that we can live peaceful, quiet, godly, and dignified lives because this is good and it's pleasing in the sight of God our Savior. So in this wild time, uh, continue to pray. Pray for me today as I'm trying to make decisions about what will happen if we have additional restrictions put in place. I'm confident, though, that, that we'll come out of this thing okay and that I'll, I'll do the things that I think are the right things to do. I, I feel pretty confident about the position I find myself in today. Um, I'm going to leave it there. I don't want to go in on any further in this weekly update. I do want to say uh, that it's been a wonderful, wonderful time um, being back at church together. I spoke with someone just this week who just reiterated to me that there's nothing like the real thing. Uh, there's nothing like being present with other Christians and being present in the worship service physically. And I'm not saying that because I'm trying to guilt you to come back to church if you haven't come back yet. I know some of you have legitimate concerns. I, I want to honor those things, and I want you to know I'm so 100% okay with you taking your time coming back. But if you're listening to me today and you just haven't come back just because maybe you've gotten a little comfortable watching online, or maybe not. Maybe you haven't even been watching regularly online. I, or maybe you're listening to this and you're not a regular part of Burntwood's Church. You're looking for church. I just want to encourage you, come and be a part of worship on Sunday. It's been so good to be able to worship, to sing together, to see one another, to fellowship together, and to study God's Word together on Sunday morning. I want to encourage you to come back and be a part of that as we continue on. Studying through First Peter. That's been a wonderful study that we've been working our way through. We're going to continue that in the weeks ahead leading up to the holiday season. We'll probably take a little break for the holidays and, and uh, leading into Christmas. But come on back. I'm looking forward to seeing all of you this week. Um, hopefully I'll see a lot of you tomorrow night for dinner. Denise and I are going out this afternoon to pick up supplies to make dinner tomorrow night. So if you haven't uh, signed up or responded to Janet letting us know you'll be here, please do that. It helps us know how many to prepare for tomorrow. And I look forward to seeing you tomorrow for dinner and Bible study. And hopefully, Lord willing, I'll see you on Sunday for worship. So whatever it is, whatever way I see you, I hope you'll live a, a good and godly life this week. Let your light shine so that people see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. And live your life in a way that honors him in every way. And I will see you soon. God bless you.